Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. The TV is on. We're recording. Carl, how are you doing? Welcome in. Building the Broncos is live. I am doing great. You know, it's just great. been a, a nice day here, actually. Really, nice. I, I've been cold since I've been back. This is the first day I didn't feel cold. I'm actually wearing shorts and flip-flops. And so I feel like I'm back in the Kansas way of, of living. Uh, but uh, no, it's always great to, to be here on a Tuesday. And of course, got a Broncos game on Thursday. Hopefully, we can erase the memory of this last Sunday very quickly and have 10 days to celebrate a Broncos victory. We'll see. Uh, you know, both teams are, are getting a, a little little sketchy on if they can actually put a team on the field. So that'll be interesting to see this week. It will be really interesting to see this week if uh, the Broncos are the healthier team on the field. Um, obviously, that's probably not the case. Maybe the healthier offense. We could say not the healthier team. The Broncos are more banged up on defense than the, uh, the Browns are. But, uh, man, yeah, this has been a... Uh, this was a rough weekend of football, man. The uh, both my teams had excruciatingly <laughs> painful games to watch. Yeah, just abs like not even close. Like there's, I think I'd rather have that and just be mad versus have my heart torn out, a la Raheem Moore, 2012. Like I've yeah. never felt that before, like that level of hurt. Um, but uh, as far as like just it was a terrible week. Honestly, I I went into work then on uh, Sunday, and I'm um, like, you know what, I'm gonna get a bunch done, and I'm not going in Monday. I'm gonna go do a hike or something. So I did the. 14 miles yesterday, which was great. Um, beautiful day and uh, a little tired now, but feeling pretty good and excited to talk some football. It was like, plenty of time. It was just me by myself. So plenty of time with my thoughts in here. Um, we got commander shepherds in here speaking about uh, with our thoughts. He says no period. Well, I don't know what's going on there, but welcome in commander Jake. Come in. I don't think the Broncos can beat anyone in the league the way they are playing. If they played those first three teams again, we'd lose uh, and Cobra's probably our commander is probably saying, uh, can the Broncos have an advantage with uh, the Browns injuries? Uh, but uh, George Newton's in the house too. Wonder how different things would be if we didn't have all these injuries right off the bat. But I agree, Jay. It's looking like a five and twelve season at best. I, I mean, I would say five and twelve at best. That's it'd be really hard for the Broncos to not luck their way into two more games, right? So like got, that's like that's like saying the ceiling would be two more wins. You've got some bad teams coming up. Washington's not looking good right now. Detroit no. has been the worst team in football. I know everybody's kind of down on the Broncos right now, but Detroit. They're winless. Yeah. They're and, uh, you know, they just, I feel bad for their fans. I've got a guy in town here who is a, a Detroit Lions fan. And I'm like, dude, how do you keep staying with them? With the product that they've put on the field for how many years now? It, it's just been so bad. And even their Hall of Fame players don't want anything to do with that organization. So uh, it, it's just, it, it's bad. But I agree. I think 5-12 and 12 is maybe like the worst the Broncos could be this year. Yeah, that would be pretty crazy to see. Um, and we got a bunch more people coming in here. But first, let's get into matters of business here. Guys, it's Tuesday night, 6 o'clock Mountain Time, which means it is Bron- Building the Broncos. Too many shows with Broncos in the name. I can't get it right. Uh, it is 
building the Broncos. What hat am I wearing? Building the Broncos. Okay. There you go. Um, every Tuesday night with Carl and myself, you can find Carl on Twitter at Carl Dummer MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. And while you're on Twitter, guys, make sure you follow us also at BTB football pod, as well as at mile high huddle guys, go to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on as Chad likes to say, I know that Scott and Chad have a little back and forth of what swag is. Um, but I, I'm obviously rocking the one right here. I got the beautiful new, uh, Broncos for breakfast hat. Mm. And of course, mile high insiders too. So, I mean, I, the Broncos win. I maybe I'll just start putting all of them on at once and look like a <laughs> deranged person that I am. Um, but go there, check out everything. We got shirts, we got mugs, we got gators. So it's it's a lot of good stuff to pick for to support us and support the Broncos. Um, also go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod uh, and uh, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle to join the discussion there. Um, if you uh, want to engage in this Teddy versus lock stuff that's going on that I've seen on there, you know, God bless you. If you want to talk about the Broncos disappointing defensive line or defensive uh, secondary, et cetera, if you want to talk about 2022 draft, you know, at me first off. Um, and then, uh, you know, we can get on there and also guys over on YouTube, make sure you are subscribing, liking, and sharing, uh, doing all those things can really support us and help us continue to bring you our Denver Broncos content and coverage. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for Week 3 at home, Broncos versus Jets, Tick Pick had us locked down. So visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. And that Carl, is for you sure. want to tell them about the, uh, the giveaway. All right. Yeah. We have a great giveaway going on for, uh, I think it's a Patrick Sertan jersey. And Patrick Sertan the second. Okay, sorry, Patrick's the second. And I, I did see something the other day where they were talking about how long Tom Brady's been in the game. And uh, the the Madden game had Patrick Sertan the first hmm. when when uh, back in like 2005. So it's just kind of crazy to see how long uh, Tom Brady's been around. But again, Patrick Sertan jersey, one of the the few bright spots on the team this year. He has actually played pretty well, been the second best cornerback by far. And uh, so we just want to make sure that everybody knows that uh, that this contest is going on. So you you give you get entered into the the drawing. We're about 50% of the way to the goal and only about 40% of the month left. So make sure that you guys are getting into that if you possibly can. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, you get something great. I, I've thought about getting a Patrick Sertan jersey. I thought about getting one of my boys a Patrick Sertan jersey. And uh, so right now we have Mark from, from Georgia, I guess that would be, is mm -hmm. there at the top. We got uh, Michaela Parker, number two, KR. Uh, Christy. Christy, yes. Sorry. Yeah, Christy. It's been a while since I've been here, so I'm get, remembering <laughs> the names here. Uh, Naj is, of course, there at, uh, at fourth. Yeah, Seth Harmon at fifth. Chris Hernandez there at sixth. DW96734 there at seventh. Brian Greenfield at eighth. Shane Daniels at ninth. Aaron Lynch 
at 10th, Stu McPeak, Stu at 11th, Corey H at 12, uh, the DWI guys moving up there to 13, and yeah. Broncos 16 and 1. Who I wish. <laughs> they're yeah, at 14 yeah. but really appreciate your your contribution there simon uh we be with uh they're at 15th and uh nathan latula latula i'm gonna mess that up i'm so sorry um they're at 16 and and um, the list can go on here clear down but we do appreciate each and every one of you and that's youtube um mm -hmm. and uh we've got facebook going as well so like i said make sure that you guys uh are getting into that because it is a great drawing and a player that I think is going to be with the Broncos for a very long time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, PS2 is one that you you want right now. That's one that's going to be here for a good bit and it's not going to lose its value. If anything, it's going to go up in value. Um, Dylan some, coming in saying, what's up, Broncos country? Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in. George Newton's in the house. Uh, Chase Wellner, of course. we got the Falling Sloth. Cody W's here, Dodge City, Kansas, representing uh, Mark coming in here i'm hands off the wheel uh nick not broncos related but my wife has been bugging me to ask you why your golden has the cone of shame on his neck well uh summit had his snip snip surgery so um he's uh the cone is off um it's been two weeks now so uh he's fully mended um that being said maybe we should work on that cone of shame because he is a lot of energy and we've trained the heck out of him but he's just like too much man like calm down it's gonna be okay not everybody <laughs> has to be your best friend um, but, uh, no, yeah, he's, he's, he's doing better. He's actually in the kind of right now, hopefully I'm, he's chewing away on something. Hopefully that's not making any noise for you guys. Um, but yeah, nope, he's doing better and a cute doggo there for you too, Mark, uh, in your pick there. And we got David Hicks in the house. Good evening, everyone. Cody was coming in from Kansas. So Florence, Alabama, we got the South Ooh. and the great plains coming in here. That's great. Um, Charlie made me laugh here saying at least, uh, we can't ruin this Sunday. Well, Charlie, you know, <laughs> I appreciate you, but this is, we're going to try to have some good vibes. Big Gee saying, big, uh, what's up guys? What's up to you? We got Clee in here with the name that almost always gets me. Um, how many more years of awful football are we going to get around here? Um, well, let's see, we talk about good vibes. The other teams are playing well. The team's playing. The Broncos are having great times against the Broncos, <laughs> right? The Broncos have become the get right game yep. uh, for a lot of the teams right now. And a quick aloha to Greg Smith. But uh, yeah, let's get into that. And we'll let Scott uh, patrol the comments here, see if anything pops up here. But Broncos are going into, God, third week in a row we're saying this, essentially a must-win game, given how difficult the schedule is from here. You still have both games against the Chiefs. You still have both games against the Chargers. You have an uptick Bengals team who looks like they're in the playoff hunt. You have, of course, uh, put the cone on Shermer. Honestly, that would be uh, a... <laughs> there's, there, there's, no there's plenty of cones to go around. You know how they give out game balls? Oh, my God. Instead of giving out game balls, they should give out cone of shames for the end of the game. Love Make it. Teddy wear four for the four turnovers. God, I don't know. Whatever. Have some fun with it. Um, but uh, Broncos are going into another must-win game, and the schedule is just going to get tougher from here. I think Pro Football Outsiders has the Broncos having the toughest schedule in football from here. If not the toughest, they're definitely in the top five of toughest. Um, but this is a uh, looking like a more winnable game than off the hoof when the season started, right? Everybody's like, oh, who could upset the Chiefs in the AFC this year? Bills. Bills look like a legit team, even though they lost last night, right? They lost. Yeah, they lost to the yeah. Tennessee. Um, and uh, the Browns. Browns not looking like a great team right now. They look good, uh, but they're very injured and they are three and three, just like the Broncos. So uh, what do you think, Carl Browns this week? What's going on? Well, I mean, it, we already know both starting running backs are out for them. That's a huge advantage for the Broncos, especially after losing both of their starting linebackers or off ball linebackers. The same injury, like a I freak know. injury too. 
uh, crazy. But uh, so that is a, a nice little break for the Broncos because uh, I'm pretty sure that's what the Browns were wanting to do is just run down, uh, run right down the middle at the Broncos and just destroy them that way. I mean, just it would be a pretty easy game plan. Uh, but they're going to have to change some of that up. We might not know Baker Mayfield. He's up in the air a little bit. I would guess he's going to play, but uh, we'll have to see on that. Then it looks like both their starting tackles going to be out for this one. So Von Miller today has some pretty some pretty fiery words saying, I'm going to get two sacks. I don't care who's going up against me. I'm going to destroy that guy across from me. And I mean, he just, he really, I haven't heard Von Miller fired up like that here in a while. So that, that was kind of good to hear that maybe he can step up, be that leader that kind of raises everybody else's game, kind of helps them get back on track. We'll see. But you know, the Browns still have a lot of great players on defense. So that's going to be pretty tough for the Broncos to, to do much there on offense. They're going to have to keep this a pretty low scoring game to stand a chance. Oh, that Browns defensive line talked about it this morning, but is there a player in the NFL? If there was a redraft today and you could take only non quarterbacks, would miles Garrett be the first off the board? Yes, he pro- probably would be right. I mean, yeah. you could argue Aaron Donald, even though he's still, he's much older, um, but he's so much better than any other interior defensive lineman that maybe you lean that way. Um, but uh, if not Aaron Donald, then probably Miles Garrett, given the age. And he's just he's an alien. He's a freak. Fastest kid alive. Um, Andrew Baker's in the house saying, what's up, Nick, Luke and Scott? This is Carl over <laughs> that way. I guess oh, this way. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, it's it's flipped here. Yeah. Um, but uh, yep, um, that's Carl. But thank you. Um, he says not completely losing hope this year, even though if the locker room is lost, I should. But what faith do we ha- have in GP building a good turnaround? MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. Um, you know, there's plenty of things to still enjoy on this team. Uh, let's let's call it right now this uh, 2021 draft class. You know, it's not a quarterback, right? It'd be much better if Justin Fields was here or Trey Lance or whoever. Just insert blank quarterback, and yep. they're killing it, right? That that'd be best case scenario. But you have Patrick Sertan. He looks pretty good out there. He's only what 21 years old. Um, and Javante Williams looks pretty good as well. Even though I say hyperbolically, you know, running backs don't matter, but like he is an energy player. And uh, he's improving and there are areas he can improve as well. And he still looks as good. So, um, and he's also another guy with plenty of uh, carries left on his body, given the low workload at North Carolina. So excited about that. Yeah, no, it's been a great draft class. Uh, I'd say some of the free agents that he brought in have done okay up and down. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to Darby getting back to full health because I I thought he was going to have himself quite the season. And then, I mean, I still like that he signed Justin Simmons and, Shelby Harris, the long-term deals, even though they both haven't played up to those deals quite yet this year. Uh, but so I, I do, I, I like a lot of the moves that he made other than we still got to figure out this quarterback situation. Uh, I, I, you don't expect a good team until you find the quarterback, but uh, all right, well, we got Chase Wellner coming in here with a $2 super chat. Really appreciate that. Chase uh, says Woods, Jan- Jano and Keenum triple revenge game. Who <laughs> it would be funny to see Keenum back there. Actually, I'm hoping. That would be just peak entertainment. I mean, Thursday night football, typically the NFL puts out, you know, it's like Jags versus Lions or something like that. Just always like, what am I doing watching Thursday night football? I'm a maniac, you know, watching those kind of games. Um, but uh, that would be very fun. Um, Carl, you were you were a pretty big Baker guy coming out, right? Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I got to go see him down at the Senior Bowl and just seeing his personality on the field. I mean, he felt like he was the best player there. Uh, but he also did well of just talking to people, players gravitating towards him, all those kind of things. And then he was highly accurate. 
Uh, I always kind of knew he was one of those quarterbacks. He had to go to the right system, to the right mm-hmm. situation uh, to make it work just because he doesn't have some of that athletic ability of, you know, obviously a Lamar Jackson or mm-hmm. somebody like that. But uh, honestly, I wouldn't mind him here. I know most people are really down on Shermer, but I think he would actually be a pretty good fit with Shermer's system in, in some ways. Uh, he's been holding yeah. on to the ball longer than what he ever showed in college at times. So I'm, I'm a little wondering what's going on there. I, I think maybe he's lost a little bit of his confidence there. Uh, just play trusting action, his eyes. Good yeah. offensive line. Maybe those kind of things, man. What a, that play, uh, hail Mary was incredible. That's what he chucked that 70 yards down the field. That was, in, uh, Donovan people's Jones, somebody Michigan player. Uh, we're gonna have to watch for, we'll talk about him a little bit. I'm sure. Uh, Travis Tarbox coming in here. Good to see you, Travis. Always coming in with stars and being a big supporter. Uh, it just seems like our Broncos have almost quit on this coaching staff. I mean, we all have eyes, right? We saw Josh Jacobs go in pretty much untouched. Um, but then we got uh, he also uh, Travis also says also Nick that Purdue game was hard to watch. What Purdue game? I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, I was uh, <laughs> no idea. I'm uh, flushing that one down the drain. Uh, yeah. Luckily, I can do that with because uh, I'm such a you know fan like a Homer fan for the Hawkeyes. I can just be like, yeah, whatever for the Broncos game. I have to go back and watch, which I have with the Raiders game. And oh, man, it's a, uh, like I said, like the first come back to the first comment here. seems like the Broncos almost quit on the staff. Sure as hell looked like that at the uh, halfway through the third quarter of that game. Yep. I, I'm with you there. I mean, I, I turned the game off for a little bit. I mean, I, I came back and watched the rest of it later, but it just, that was, uh, that was rough. I haven't seen the Broncos. I mean, you just kind of tell the players it's almost like stand up and be like, yeah, I'm good. And yeah. I, I haven't seen that in a long time. Even when they were losing these last couple of years, you still saw quite a bit of fight in the team, at least. Yeah, you really. I mean, I can think of a few times like there was a week 17 game where a keep to like made a business decision and on a tackle and like, you know, no effort at all. That's yeah. like week 17, you know, like we're, we're week six. Are you kidding yep. me? Uh, okay. Well, um, we got Randy Jones coming in here with stars. Uh, Randy is one of our top, uh, star givers over on Facebook. So thank you very much. He really wants that Patrick Sertan Jersey. Uh, he comes in and says, hoping to start cleaning house after Cleveland with Vic and Pat. Hopefully you don't wait till the bye week <sighs> Randy, I feel you on that, but like a, they're going to have to pay somebody else to come in or bump somebody else to do that. And you're still going to be paying these guys anyway. And it leads to massive instability. Now, Obviously, we just lost to a Raiders team that had massive instability and they looked as you know good as they have all year. But um, typically, you don't see that from a team because it's just such a massive upheaval. And if you're moving both Vic and Pat, you're talking about both sides of the ball with massive upheaval. So yeah. I think based, based on what I've heard from people connected to the Broncos and the Broncos, media and the Broncos, um, you might see Pat. Pat's most likely to get fired, but more likely than that, you'll see him lose his play calling responsibilities first, move over to Shula. And then uh, you'd probably see Vic and Pat right off together after the season has concluded the black Monday, as they call it. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's always weird to, to see a coach get fired, especially this early in the season. Uh, I mean, I know the last three games have not been great, but they're still three and three. It's not like the season's completely lost at this point. You know, you, you lose this week and you lose to, to Washington the week after that. Maybe, and and especially if you see the team has quit on them, then maybe you start having some of that conversation. But at three and three, when the season's still very much up in the air, I don't think you quite reach that point yet. Yeah, prob- I mean, God, there's a possibility, right? If you have full out um, uprising in the locker room, then maybe you have to do that. But even if they don't like Vic and they're kind of fitting, uh, 
quitting somewhat on the field, that's different than the all out mutiny in the locker yeah. room where you'd have to have something like that. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it does yeah. sound like there's was an altercation with Justin Simmons and Vic Fangio. There's already been one with Shelby Harris and like defensive coaches. So these guys are frustrated. They're also professionals, right? So yeah. we'll see. Um, speaking of Justin Simmons real quick, uh, just see his wife is expecting and he might not be there Thursday if she is um, delivering. Ooh, he said that, that was... he's going to put the family first. So, and she's, she's due like Wednesday. So Ooh, she's okay. Well, that kind of stinks. <laughs> That'd be a tough blow to the team. I mean, I yeah. know he hasn't been playing his best this year, but yeah, still that, that's a big leader on this, this organization. Yep. So uh, throw that out there. Um, Cody coming in with the $2 uh, over on YouTube. Thank you very much. Cody W W for win. Thank you so much. Uh, what if Teddy started challenging all the plays at the line? Is that oh, changing Changing all the plays at the line? Man, I I don't know. Do you think Teddy has the gumption to do that? I mean, Peyton Manning was such a, you know, I love Peyton, but, you know, people who have been close to him said he's kind of a, you know, perfectionist. And sometimes people who are, we all know perfectionists out there, right? If you work with them, sometimes they don't come off the best because they have their way um, (laughs) or else. So I don't know if Teddy's as much that guy um, to do that. But uh, I I don't know. do, Do you think that's a possibility? I just don't think Teddy has enough credit uh, experience chemistry with the guys around him to be able to do something like that. And then again, talking about mutiny in the locker room, if you have Teddy doing that, who's always come across as very good soldier, um, that's, (laughs) that would be bad. I I can't imagine them doing that. Yeah, it it would be tough. He's usually a pretty good team player. Like you said, coaches usually love him to death. I mean, I think Shermer was one of the biggest people of getting Teddy to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of his work with him before and really enjoying him. Of course, George Payton loved him as well. So uh, I just would have a tough time seeing him make that kind of decision. Mm-hmm. And and really, I mean, this last game, yeah, Shermer didn't call the best game by any means, but there was also a lot of plays that were there to be had yep. that Teddy missed. So, you know, or somebody else missed something, you know, it just, you can't put it all on Shermer by any means. Just because a play isn't successful doesn't mean that it wasn't a good call. And sometimes even a play is successful. doesn't mean it's a great call either. So you always have to, you can't just look at results and say, this is what it is. Yeah. I actually thought this wasn't the worst game by Shermer. And that's a very low bar coming into it. Cause he has had some real stinkers. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as, I mean, you have Cortland Sutton dropping footballs, Teddy Bridgewater missing multiple throws, Teddy Bridgewater hit 17 times, which you can point at the offensive line and Teddy Bridgewater for that. Uh, that one, I really, uh, Noah Fant, um, not executing a third down where, I mean, a cornerback took him out. Like, buddy, come on. You're 6'5, 250, like 250 plus. Like, yeah. The block there where he just ran past the guy and Noah Gordon could have gone. I mean, th- that's execution stuff. Yeah. I had more issues scheme wise with the, uh, the Broncos defense, but maybe some of, I mean, some of that could be execution as well, but, you know, not, and I don't, don't take me as a Shermer apologist early on week for the first few weeks when they were playing complimentary football. Okay. The, things were humming. That's fine, but you got to be able to adjust and they have not done that. So, right. <sighs> frustrating, frustrating times, but, uh, right. This is, this has to be rock bottom. He said for the <laughs> 20th time in six years, uh-huh. um, Andrew Lampy coming in here saying, wanted to order the Broncos for breakfast mug, but it was missing the Purdue. Well, um, that's hurtful. Uh, first off, <laughs> God, it used to be, so this is just a little side tangent here. Um, the back when the big 10 was the legends, legends and leaders divisions, which, what the hell was that? What were they thinking? Um, they had like one cross conference rival. That was a, uh, 
every single year, like locked and all the other ones were rotational and they matched Iowa with Purdue for whatever reason. So it became a running joke of our most hated rival Purdue, but like quickly, that was a joke at the time, but winning for the last five, God damn it. Uh, Marcus Lewis, Hannah coming in here. Thank you so much, Marcus with the stars um, getting in there. You guys getting your stars in, getting your super chats in for a chance to win that Teddy uh, or excuse me, not Teddy. Yeah. Patrick Sertan, the second Jersey. Um, but um, yeah, that's a, uh, get those in there and also keep the lights on for the show is going. Um, Travis coming in saying, I also want you to know, I always watch Broncos for breakfast after the fact and welcome back to Carl. Well, thank you very much, Travis. You yeah. are, haven't met you in real life, obviously, but you always just come across as a really nice guy and contributor and member of the community in here. So we For appreciate sure. you. We see you. Yeah, really, really. I mean, sometimes, especially the Broncos being three and three and being as poor as they have been, toxicity is easy to come out, right? Everybody's empath and getting angry, especially during the games. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is it is a game and uh, hopefully we're going to get better and th- we, we will get better. No yep. doubt about it. They will get better. Maybe not this year, but they will get better. Um, so shifting it back to the Browns here real quick, you talked about the running backs being out both Kareem hunt and Nick Chubb. So yep. that's a big blow for them. Uh, dirt to Ernest Johnson is the starting running back for the Browns. Now. What a great mm-hmm. name to Ernest. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and also both of the Browns starting tackles are going to be out of this game as well. Um, the right tackles name is escaping me right now, but they had Jedrick Wills who went 11th overall in 12th overall yeah and conklin oh jack conklin yes yep two pretty good tackles especially as run blockers so um do the broncos have an advantage on defense considering how bad they've been and i don't know if you saw this i tweeted it today the broncos have been the fifth worst team in football the last three weeks in epa per play defensively second worst team in football in passing epa per play so nowhere to go up nowhere to go but up i hope but uh do the broncos have an advantage here with the browns being so injured you you would think so. I mean, yeah. th- that's four really key players. Uh, really I know is. we're we're kind of the running backs don't matter guys, but Nick Chubb is one of those few running backs that you can tell he makes a huge difference in what he does on the field. I think he has the highest broken tackle percentage of any running back in football. Thankfully, the Broncos have I think the number two guy with their rookie, so that's always nice to see. But yeah. I mean, th- that's a guy that picks up extra yards. And those those hidden yards throughout the game matter. And so not having that, I'm interested to see if the Broncos can get them in some third and long situations um, and and make either Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum, whoever's going to play quarterback, a little uncomfortable. Uh, doesn't look like, is OBJ going to play? I don't think so. Um, he might, but honestly, the guy I want to talk about is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you caught much Browns yet, but uh, we can get back to it. So anyway, the okay. Brown, Broncos... Um, advantage potentially with their defense. I, I would say that they do have somewhat of an advantage, but the Browns still have a solid cohesive defensive or offensive line. Um, JC Treader has been one of the best um, centers in football while he's been there with the Browns. Um, They obviously traded for Wyatt Teller, who, if you remember back in that draft class, I was a huge Wyatt Teller fan. I was always like, why spend a top five pick on Quentin Nelson? You can get Wyatt Teller in the third. Obviously Quentin Nelson's better, but using a top five pick on a guard, I still just, I don't know about that. Um, he would have to be Hall of Fame, which he looks like he might be. So I don't know. Um, but and and then they also have a uh, Joel Batino, who a lot of people said was uh, you know, trending the wrong way if there for a bit. He looked good early, then trending the wrong way. Now he's starting to look pretty darn good again. So that's a solid interior trio. I hear what you're saying about the both running backs being out and Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin. That should help the Broncos. But Micah Kaiser, uh, 
Justin Trenat, who, I mean, again, uh, he did not look good the height has not lived up to the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the tape. So. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, well, we got uh, JJ coming in here. Uh, he gave us a $5 super chat. Really appreciate that. And it comes in with this, this comment saying, okay, so in Drew's first year, he was very good last five games under Rich Scangarello. Clint Kubiak is the Minnesota offensive coordinator, just saying. Um, you know, I, I would say Drew Locke showed promise in those five games. I wouldn't say that he looked very good. He had a very good game against Houston. But he also had a quarterback rating under 90 for those five games. Yeah, and you know how that, bad that's had- that's below average for for quarterbacks actually in the NFL. Um, so again, I, I think sometimes we hype up those five games because the team went four and one, and we're like, oh my gosh, Drew Locke. Like I said, he had the one great game. Um, but the reality is, it, it was still a guy that was struggling out there on the field. And obviously, we saw last year the the struggles on the field. And there's many reasons that that could be a possibility of why it happened. Uh, I, I think right now we've been saying this since the beginning of the season. I don't think the Broncos future quarterback is on this roster. And maybe you go put Drew Locke out there if you lose this game and just say, hey, you know what? Season's looking like it's heading downhill. Let's just throw out this guy and maybe something happens. But the reality is most likely the Broncos in 2022 have a new guy under center that's not on this roster. Yeah, thank you very much for the comments. Uh, just, I mean, I think Teddy Bridgewater has a higher quarterback rating uh, over the six-week sample size we've seen this season versus what Drew had in those, maybe even the last three games, uh, than what Drew had in those five games. But I get it. People were really hopeful and optimistic in that, and we had the whole offseason to really drum that, or bang that drum, and uh, that drum popped in 2020 and uh, kind of popped again in 2021. But uh, if the Broncos keep losing, Drew's going to get out there at some point. Right. Yep. Like, even if it's not totally Teddy's fault right now, like, uh, is it Teddy's fault? That the Broncos offense defense has been trashed the last few weeks. No, but I mean, he's not, he has not been good the last three weeks either. So they might change right. it just to see what they have with drew lock. Um, is that going to fix things? Probably not. There seems to be a sy- systemic, uh, error or <laughs> the tumor in the organization right now that's metastasized. Um, but, uh, they have two years left of drew under control. Uh, and he can do things that Teddy can't, arm talent wise that this team might say, you know what? It might give us a jolt. So right. if it keeps trending the wrong way, you might see drew. And then we really get our answer um, <laughs> at that point. And if, if, you know, if they're really still struggling, you know, let's just, let's flush it both. Let's just move on. And if you do bring one back, understand that it is a stopgap. nothing yep. more. This is just a temporary solution where we're trying to find the guy and not be forced to take a quarterback in a 2022 class where you don't like a guy. Maybe yep. they will like a guy right now. Nothing. Nobody's really sticking out to me. Right. Um, Shane coming in Shane over on Facebook, him in his, uh, I don't know. I don't want to assume wife, girlfriend, sister, either way. You look happy there, Shane. Thanks to have you <laughs> in here. Uh, look healthy. Good. It's good to see. Um, I have a belief if in the players to, um, uh, I have belief in the players to win, but not the coaches. Hopefully they can turn this around soon. I agree with you. I think this is, they're definitely underachieving, right? Like there's no way to say the highest paid secondary. Like you put a lot of these players, We've seen these players in other situations, other teams, and they've been great. Right now, you like great teams, uh, a lot of times will be better than the sum of their parts. Right now, the Broncos are less than the sum of their parts. And what does that come down to? I mean, the easiest thing is poach, uh, pointing at coaching. Yep. Yep. I, I'd say coaching, I, I'd say you do have some players that are doing some weird things on the field. I mean, Noah Fant. Is there a player playing worse than him for the Broncos right now? 
Kyle uh, Fuller. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the reality is that there's some guys that are not executing uh, on the field, and that that's not really on the coaches. But I, I'm not trying to say the coaches don't deserve some blame because they definitely do. There's been some calls in the games that uh, you're just sitting there going, what were you thinking? That, that was stupid. And, you know, even when us as average fans watching the game – we're sitting there going, this should have been an easy call. This, you know, and or when we're sitting there saying we can guess the calls before they happen of what they're going to do on offense and defense, that's not good either. Because then you know the other team for sure knows what you're doing. And uh, so, yeah, th- there's so many things that play into why the Broncos have lost these last three games. It's just an all around players, coaches, everybody, you know, some somebody's got to step up and say, this is not okay. That this is, and I, I don't know if there's anybody on this team especially in the coaching staff that is willing to do that. You know, I, I think one of the most disappointing things with the coaching staff has been, they really haven't taken responsibility a whole lot. God. Yes. Go on. Sorry. That one is just Vic Fangio is killing me in press conferences. Yeah. When they're talking about, Hey, this player didn't execute on this play or I called this and it was supposed to go to this player, but they threw it to this player. And it's just like, okay, take some responsibility here. You know, you are the head of the organization um, you're not head of the organization, but you're, you're kind of the head voice that's speaking out here, step up and, and take responsibility and show the players that you've got their back. Don't throw them under the bus. Yeah. You know, who's not throwing us under the bus today. David Hicks coming in with the four ninety nine super over on YouTube. He then also says, uh, thanks for bringing the podcast guys enjoying it. David, we enjoy you. Thank you for joining us today. That's really nice of you to say. Um, we appreciate it a lot. We also have Naj coming in with $20, 20, $20 bills, buddy. Thank you so much. Naj. Naj is way up there on YouTube. So uh, he wants that PS2 Jersey. No doubt. Uh, he says, Hey brothers, I have a bad feeling. Dearness Jones is going to go over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Naj. I mean, it's, it's possible, right? This way that Broncos are playing on defense right now, it's definitely possible. Yep. Pick them um, up on your fantasy team. And uh, also, running backs don't matter. Um, <laughs> AKA, as good offensive line can make any running back look great. Right. Um, especially when you're going against a run defense where you are you have questions about the run fills now from the linebackers. So we'll see. Um, Naj goes on to say, love Vaughn's passion today, and he will be fired up. Last time Vaughn was this fired up, the Broncos went into Arizona and absolutely pantsed Josh Rosen and the Cardinals. So we'll see. Um, question is, well, the rest of the D, how do you see the offensive line doing this week? So, uh, multiple questions in here. Do you think the Broncos defense is up to the task, uh, this week with the, the guys missing on the Browns offense? I, I think they are. I think the Broncos have the pieces and, you know, it, I think a lot of players do respond best to Vaughn. I think of, of any voices that are in there, if Vaughn is getting in there and saying, guys, we have to step up, we've got to do better. I think they're willing to listen. And, and so I do think you're going to see a little bit of a revamped look for the defense this week. Uh, and, you know, my, my big question is, is there a point in the game where if the offense is really struggling over and over again and putting the defense back out there that they just finally say, you know what, we're done. That there was, I think, a couple years ago, the defense would play good in the first quarter. And then the offense kept turning the ball over or just going three and out. And after the first quarter, the offense or the defense was finally just like, you know what? We can't do anything more. <laughs> you guys have to do something to prove to us that we can actually win this game. Why are we giving 100% effort and you guys are down here at like 50%? And so then you'd see the defense just get lit up all of a sudden. I think that was 2017. Yep. I think it was two years post uh, Super Bowl. Um, then Dodge had another question the offensive line. How do you see the offensive line doing? we're going to get to it, but you know, that's injured as the Browns are their defensive line is not 
injured. And Miles, you remember the game? God, it would have, last time we played the Browns, Denver ended up losing. It's the Brandon Allen game, right? Everyone, oh, Brandon Allen hitting Cortland Sutton. Maybe Brandon Allen's the future. And then he goes into the Bills and just absolutely gets pantsed. That's why yep. sample size is important, right, guys? Um, but uh, <laughs> you, uh, that game, Miles Garrett was still kind of ascending as a player. Um, he was all athlete and not very much technique. Now he's much better in the technique department, and he just whipped, whipped Garrett Bowles. I'm, I am scared for Garrett Bowles in this game. I'm scared for Teddy, but it's not just Miles Garrett there too. Yep. We have my guy, unfortunately my guy, but uh, Malik McDowell. If you remember yep. him, God, just a height, weight, speed monster, Michigan State. Um, Got kicked out of the league for a little bit. I think he robbed a, a convenience store or something. I don't know. Either way, he's back in the league. Yay. Um, go NFL. Um, and they also have a Jadavian Clowney. So they got a bunch of height, weight, speed, length monsters on that defensive line. And uh, we kind of saw what the Broncos looked like last week against some height, weight, speed guys, especially um, Max Crosby. Not good. Not good. Now Teddy's banged up too. Less mobile, less mobility. Yep. Maybe that'll cause him to help him get rid of the ball quicker. I don't know if that's going to be a good thing, but um, I don't know. I, I am concerned about the offensive line. They have not been good enough, and I'm not saying fire him, and I hope the Broncos retain him even if the coaching staff is gone, but like Mike Munchak has not lived up to expectations so far. I think we can I think we can say that. Yeah. Garrett Bowles, this is one success. But he's regressed. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. And it's not like the Broncos haven't invested resources in it, right? Like Graham Glasgow is a top 10 paid guard. Uh, yep. Maybe even, no, he's top 10. Um, third round pick, Cushenberry. That's a, not a huge investment, but it's an interior offensive lineman. Yep. Dalton Reisner was a top 50 pick. Yep. Um, I don't know. It's We'll see. Honestly, if the Broncos lose this game, people are like, oh, play Drew, play Drew. I'm going to be like, play minors, right? He looked really good in a small sample size. Maybe it's, he's the guy to, to get out there just to cut his teeth and get out there. Right. Um. NorCal 91, $5 over on YouTube. Thank you very much. Did the Broncos decide to go with an alternate helmet for the 22 season? Deadline was July 31st. Does this decision require an owner? Hashtag Bay Area Broncos. Well, thank you very much for your super. Um, Carl, I'm going to answer this. I don't know, but I think we would know if it did happen. Yeah, I I don't think it did. And I don't think they need an owner to make that happen because, I mean, they have the the group of people that get to make the main decisions, they, they can still make those kind of ownership decisions of changing jerseys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They haven't made those decisions. And I think they are waiting a little bit more for our next owner to, to make those kind of decisions. Yeah. Um, Cause you don't like to do it all the time. And so I think they're sitting there saying, well, this next season probably going to have a new owner by March. Let them go make all those big financial decisions of, uh, you know, everybody buying new jerseys and helmets and everything else because everything's been changed up again. But uh, yeah, right now I don't think they've made that kind of decision for 2022, but yeah, all right, we got Nathan. Oh, good. Go okay. We got Nathan. This team is, <laughs> is going to be stagnant until the ownership's figured out. And that's yep. goes beyond the Jersey probably. Yep. All right. We got Nathan coming in here uh, on Facebook. Really appreciate that saying uh, if the Broncos bring in a young head coach next season, does that decrease the probability of attracting a vet quarterback like the current owner of the Bears? Um, if the Broncos bring in a head, young head coach, does that discreet? Um, it, it I don't depends. know. I, mean, I would say it depends on who the young head coach is. If they are well liked around the league, I don't think veterans are going to sit there and say, I want to stay away from the Broncos because they're also going to look, hopefully. Broncos are signing Sutton to a long-term deal after this season. I know he didn't have the best game this last week, but still he didn't, he he didn't, he didn't. didn't. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, and okay. but uh, anyway, hopefully you're getting him signed. You're going to get, of course, Jerry Judy back here pretty soon. He's looking like he could be a really big time future star. Tim Patrick, we'll see what happens with him. Still would love to see if they can get something done, but that's a lot of money to the wide receiver group. Um, and, and so that's going to be attractive for a veteran quarterback to come in and say, hey, we've got the pieces here. You look at Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. You know, he looked at that web, those weapons. He looked at that offensive line and said, this is a great place for me to play. Tom Brady somehow just always finds himself with talent all around him. Uh, right. Now, he, he's a great talent on himself, but I mean, yeah, he's got some great players around him. So I, I think it'd still be an attractive place, even with a young head coach. And like I said, it just kind of depends who they are and how well other players around the league talk about this guy to any veteran out there. Yeah, it's quick sidebar on Tom Brady, right? Like, I don't think he is the most talented quarterback to ever play, but there is something to be said about the championship mindset. I really do think that. And he, as good as anyone, has this aura right now around the league where, like, the guys, if he's in your locker room, you buy in. You know, we are a championship team because we have Tom Brady. Even if, you know, that's, you know, that you think that's silly, right? You go out there and play the game still. But, like, the players believe in that. That just might cause them to work a little bit harder in practice or pay attention a little bit more in the meeting, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And uh, he gets he does a good job at making sure everybody's pulling the same direction. Right now, you see the Broncos. Right, it's like, oh, which way did the rabbit go? And the twenty arms. That's that's how the Broncos right now feel like they're doing as far as their uh, the direction of each and one of these players. They're not all pulling in the same direction already. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Frustrating. Um, collection connection coming in five dollars. It looks like he's rocking some trading cards there. So uh, the, oh, Michael, the, it's like tiny on my screen, yeah. but that's, that's what it looks like. Um, who cares about the rating when you throw two yards and can't convert third down? It does affect the D and the O line. Teddy sucks and plays worse than Fant. <sighs> well, tell us how you really feel. We appreciate the super Teddy has been struggling the last three games. There's no doubt. He was pretty good. The first three games. Um, and he, we're not here, not criticizing him. And if he was the only thing right now that was going wrong, right. Uh, we would be probably really piling on him. Um, I think right now, at least from where I'm sitting, I am so shell shocked by how bad the defense is that and I already reserved myself that the offense, the quarterback position was going to be milk toast this year, right? Like I right. came into this year knowing like if we don't have a top 10 offensive line, the offense is probably going to not be very good because they're limited at quarterback. But at least we have a top five defense. <laughs> Fart noise, right? Um, but uh, I hear what you're saying. It's it's frustrating when it's, you know, third and five and he throws at four yards. Uh I guess it's better to make the read and give your guy a chance to make the play, but still I, I get it. It is frustrating and it's not the most exciting product either. If you want to complain about that, that's fine. My biggest issue is he's missing open throws right now down yeah. the field. Um, two throws to Cortland Sutton that if he hits those, we could be talking about a different ball game. So that's, that's my <laughs> bigger complaint right now, but I hear you. We're all frustrated and uh, we appreciate the super. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, CC, I'll call you CC here. What, what would you do? Is it simple as playing drew? I mean, he was, Bottom three quarterback in the NFL last year. He improved this year, or so according to preseason and uh, practices. But is that going to help this team that much? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm at a loss watching this Raiders game. I feel like it's been a long time since I've been at such a loss and be like, okay, what's the error? What's the problem? What could be fixed? Yeah. There's that, not a uh, solution for this season. I, I saw a comment earlier that said, uh, tell me when the Broncos start actually building, you know, playing off our name, Charlie, the of course, Charlie Beagle. Yeah, Charlie. <laughs> and I, I just thought, you know, it's right. It's tough to kind of see where are we going with this team? Because yeah. if Fangio gets fired, you got a lot of these defensive players that were brought in for Fangio and his scheme. 
So you're having to look at possibly a scheme change and what players fit, what players don't. Yeah. Uh, then on offense, who who's staying, who's not? Do you sign Cortland Sutton long-term? Do you not? Uh, do you go get a veteran quarterback? Do you not? Do you go to the draft that, like you said, this 2022 class, like there each week there's like one guy that plays really good and you're like, oh, that guy, maybe. And then the next week that guy just falls off a cliff and looks terrible. And, you know, they, they've put some of the worst games I've seen from guys that some people are talking like first round picks. And I'm going, they have some of the worst games I've ever watched for a guy that's rated that high. Yeah. It's just, it's bad. And it's not the the draft class you want to be going in that direction. But, uh, but you know, that, that, it is. Being it's said, just... that being said, we people said the same thing in 2017, mm-hmm. right? Which ended up being the Mahomes, Trubisky, Watson draft. So like, we don't know until we know. Right. But we can only go on what we're seeing and what experts are saying also. And uh, right now, it just does not look like it. Yeah. Um. So sorry, I just, I just no. You're right. There yeah. I, I think it's it is really one of those classes of guys are going to have to go to the perfect situation to be successful. Yeah. I, I think if you get a guy in the right scheme that fits his skill set and the right coaches around him, he can have a lot of success. But I mean, you could say that about most quarterbacks, really. But I, I do think there's still talent. It's just a matter of can can you get the right people to get that talent out of there? But all right, we got Fernando uh, coming in here with the 499 super chat. Really appreciate that. Uh, if the Browns start Keenum and they get the W, Peyton has got to fire the staff. <laughs> uh, man, that's a uh, quarterback wins is not a thing. Come back. Yeah. To that. We need to talk about it. I mean, God, I'm right now in the middle of it with everyone drank the Iowa Hawkeyes, but like Spencer Petrus, the Bronco, the Hawkeyes quarterback is, you know, not twitched up, inaccurate, slow processor. He's okay, but he's only ever as good as the guys around him. But everyone's like, oh, he's won like 12 in a row. Okay. Teams win football games. Quarterbacks yeah. help a lot, but it's right. te- wins are a team. So if, if Keenum goes out there and gets the W, it's not so much about Keenum. It's either because the Broncos continue to suck or the Cleveland's run game figures it out. The defensive line gets after the quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it will be very embarrassing if the Broncos lose to Keenum. Embarrassing is the word. And they've been embarrassing. They, it, losing to a team without a coach. Embarrassing. Yep. At home. <laughs> At home. Yep. I'm just seriously at a loss. I know our job is to be here and talk about this, but like bleep, bleep, bleep. Um, thank you very much, though, Fernando. We really appreciate the comment. Um, that means a lot. And Shane coming back in. Shane, I knew it. You um, you changed your picture there. So uh, congrats to you on whatever's going on to cause you to change the picture. But uh, he says, that's my wife for 14 years. Oh, well, there you go. That's awesome. Congrats to you guys. 14 years. Um, I agree with Carl about the lack of account- accountability of Fangio and throwing blame at others and making excuses for himself. Carl, I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm, I've, I feel like I'm starting to turn into the heel. I'm just starting to get really angry. That makes me so mad I, when a coach does that. Yeah. I have defended Fangio the last couple of years because I thought he, the last couple of years, he did take some blame at different times. And um, this year it's been a whole different boat. He really has just kind of cast it on everybody else. And just, he kind of has that look in his face of this isn't me. This is my fault. I mean, he, I think he truly believes it. It's not his fault. And I'm not saying everything's his fault, but, Dang it. <laughs> Come on, dude. Take at least a little responsibility. You're, you're the head coach. You got to get this team ready. And the Broncos, I, I think one of my, mo- the most disappointing things is 
the defense early in games has been terrible. I mean, they've given up first drive touchdowns, what, the last three games? That's yep. that's really stunk. I mean, that, that's Fangio right there in his defensive calling. They're being as vanilla as possible. It's almost like they're saying, let's see what you're doing, and then we'll change our play calling. Instead of scheming, how can we make them play what we want them to play? And then on offense, again, slow starts. It's like we don't show up until the fourth quarter. Well, that's coaching. That's not getting guys prepared during the week to start the game. Yep. And so, again, they, they got to take some responsibility, especially Fangio. Yep. And we got Travis coming in saying, I also want us to find a coaching staff that can actually develop a young rookie quarterback. Um, you know, I don't think there's, I don't think there's some magic stuff to it though. The magic is in the quarterback, right? Like if you, obviously there are different degrees of how good that quarterback can be based on the situation and the coaching staff and whatnot. But like at some point it comes down to the court, Justin Herbert's whole staff got fired last year and he was incredible and they had turnover and whatever. Guess what? He's still incredible. Uh, who would have yeah. thought? Um, so I, I don't know. I uh, I really do think it's is as much as much on the kid as possible. Now you do want to, uh, like nobody's had a better situation and shown the how important development can be at the, as Dak Prescott uh, through these last few years. I mean, he early on he was he was he was good immediately, but like what a great situation. Not asking him to do too much. Now he's a MVP candidate playing in, incredible football. Yep. There are people on here who said if Dak became available, I wouldn't pay him. What God, are you kidding me? He's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh yeah, no, that's I don't know. It's it'll be tough. Uh Dennis Woods coming in five dollars. Quarterback of the future is not on the roster. Do you see us acquiring a quarterback via the draft, taking a year or two to develop or trade? Rodgers, Watson, or other. I think the Broncos will go back after Rodgers this year. We'll see if that's mended or not. I mean, God, we're talking a ways away. I mean, the Packers could go on and win the Super Bowl and everything will be body da in green Bay who knows at this point. Um, but, uh, I really think, unfortunately, um, I, th- I think you're going to see another year where it's probably a stopgap um, because maybe they'll take a quarterback, but like none of even you, people are talking about the top quarterbacks in this draft. None of them are ready to play. N- none of the people, Justin Fields is not ready. Trey, Trey Lance, Zach Wills, those guys were, you know, taking, they, they were seniors or taking AP classes where like, these quarterbacks, uh, Corral Willis are taking, you know, ninth grade geometry, right? Like this a different game, especially with the tape they have so far. So yeah. I don't know. It's uh, they could take a quarterback, but they're going to take a little time. That, that's for sure. I, I think it does matter which coach you go with. Yeah. If you go with a, a young guy, maybe you do sit there and say, Hey, we're going to pair you with the guy that you want from the draft. Uh, if it's like a Daryl Bevel, maybe he can talk uh, Russell Wilson into coming from Seattle. Yeah. I know those two actually still have a very good relationship uh, from everything that I've read on on them. Uh, Watson obviously depends on all of his legal issues. We'll see if those ever get cleaned up and if any team is even still willing to take a chance on him. I don't see the Broncos being the top choice or the top place for him to want to go. But, you know, he might not have much say in that by that point either. It might just be whatever team's willing to take me, I'll go to. Uh, so... Yeah, there's a lot of time before then, still a lot of college football to be played and evaluating these guys. And and like I said, sometimes what they show in college isn't what they show in the NFL. I mean, sometimes they're just in a really bad situation in college and uh, other times they're in a great situation and then they get to the NFL and they can't do anything. So uh, I don't know. I I really don't know where the Broncos are going to go. George Payton, when they were with Minnesota, they went all different directions. They went veteran. They went trade for a veteran. They went 
uh, you know, the draft in the first round, late rounds, everything. So uh, they, they've kind of tried a little bit of everything. And I think he's willing to try a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, at some point also, you probably just got to take a shot, right? Just like, and if you don't get it, cut your ties early or not even cut your ties, but just go back to the well. I, yeah. I don't know. Shane coming. I think we should sign Shane Falco. It's the only logical path forward. Um, I think if we get enough support from mile high huddle, if we get enough super chats and superstars, Chad Jensen under center 2022. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Is that, is that Rodrigo Blankenship? No, it's just Chad Jensen. That's um, right. That would be great. Uh, thank you so much. I want to get to this one from Joe Brewer here real quick. Cause I just don't like alternative facts. Uh, PFF had drew as a 21st quarterback last year. Not last. Gotta love the hate. I said bottom three. And, um, I just went to pro football focus just to see, because I'm like, that's does not look right to me. Cause but we have the data. We have the subscription, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I looked for the uh, bottom, so not bottom three here, but the bottom 50, 20% of minimum dropbacks here. And so a lot of quarterbacks didn't even play in snaps, like Brandon Allen, 925. So whatever, not not that many. But uh, Drew Lock, 35th out of 39 here with a grade of 63.5. So I don't know where you got 21 from, but uh, he struggled last year. Doesn't mean he's going to be a bad quarterback forever. Yep. But he was bad last year. Okay. Um, so sorry, Joe. I don't, I don't know where you got that from. Um, but the, 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 where did the rest of these ones come from? I think we had another super from collection connection. There it is. Um, thank you very much again. Double dipping. We appreciate that. Uh, they should have just started DL the first game. They should have started DL first game. Oh, Drew Lock. Drew Lock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he would have had, had three games to get timing and communication. Peyton wanted t- uh, Teddy Bridgewater, but Lock is a better fit. Wasted receivers. It is unfortunate, I will say, for the Broncos offense that I think Teddy would have been much better for KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy, where Drew Locke is I maybe not no, Drew Locke better for Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, right? The general accuracy guys who are like, oh, let's just chuck it up um, versus more timing uh, of Teddy Bridgewater and precision um, in the short game, short, quick game. Yep. Um, so that does definitely has floundered the offense. Um there's an argument to be made for the communication as well. One thing I want to push back on though, Peyton wanted Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think that was a Peyton decision. I think that was as far as starting. I think that was Vic Fangio and you can hear Vic Fangio talk. I don't think there's very much love for uh, drew lock coming from Vic. I think people forget last year. There was a ton of trust broke between those two uh, on and off the field. I'm not going to comment too much off the field of some things that happened, but I can tell you there were some things that he did that made the coaching staff say, Drew, what the heck you doing, buddy? You're not mature enough to handle being a starting quarterback in the NFL. And then, of course, his play on the field wasn't that great either. And so this whole offseason has been about Drew Locke trying to rebuild a lot of that trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think he showed pretty well for himself considering, but it was still a really big uphill battle for him to reach that kind of point. Yeah, I think... As far as Drew Lock playing this season, I think it's unfortunate with the Broncos are going. It is an inevitability, um, and an unfortunate in that sense is not because Drew Lock is playing, but more so because the Broncos will be at a point in the season where it's going to be probably you know figuring out what you could have for twenty twenty two, which sucks. Um, but the biggest thing for me this season so far is when we saw Drew Lock out there, and that was a tough ask for him to come in uh, in that game with the second half versus the Ravens. But just looking at the body language, the facial expressions of the guys on the sideline, uh, his teammates out there like on the field, I don't 
and this is an unfair judgment of me, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's it's our show, right? Yeah. Didn't seem like those players had much belief in Drew Lock either, right? Like just like, but and you could argue maybe the same thing uh, this last uh, this last game as well for Teddy. So yeah. it, it's it sucks. I don't know. I think yeah. it's probably the same thing we said last year and the year before that when we were arguing. Oh, we should play this quarterback. We should play this one. It's like, does it even matter? Because we're going back to the ball because probably neither of them are the option. Right. Yep. For sure. All right, I got base case coming in here on YouTube with the 499 super chat. Appreciate that. And of course, love the Scooby-Doo picture there with <laughs> uh, Yeah, there we go. But uh, it says Peyton seems too conservative for me. I wonder why we didn't go after Matthew Stafford a bit more. And does the new owner even keep him around? Well, I would say being willing to give up the ninth overall pick for Matthew Stafford. That's pretty bold, in my opinion to be willing to offer that. I mean, I, I like Matthew Stafford. I've really, really liked him for a long time. I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks. And I thought getting him on this roster really amped the Broncos up there to that top five conversation in the AFC. Um, but at the same time, you don't really want to completely sell the farm either giving up two first round picks and more. That's a lot to, to give up for a guy like Matthew Stafford. Um, I mean, I guess you got to be willing to, to sell big or buy big if you want to do well. And obviously he's doing well for the Rams and it's paying off for them. Um, but I agree. I think Peyton is, he's calculated. Yep. He's going to take some risks here and there, but I think for the most part, unless they absolutely love someone, they're not willing to, to sell the farm. Yeah. It's at some point, uh, George is going to have to take a shot. Right. Either way, unless he gets lucky and like lucks into like a third round quarterback ending up being a franchise guy that's here for 15 years. That's yep. one reason you maybe take a quarterback every draft class because you never know, even though they, it's a long shot. Right. But draft picks themselves are there's a calculated risk for every single one. Um, so I agree. Uh, the other question is, was Matt Stafford even interested in coming to Denver? I thought there was a lot out there where he really wanted to go to uh, the West Coast uh, specifically. So um, I, we could see, uh, that's definitely a possibility. And, you know, I was definitely a big proponent of Stafford when those rumors were coming out. I was writing about that daily. Cause I've, I've been a big fan of Stafford as well. And I thought that he could at least take this team to the next level and give this Broncos team a chance to sit at the big boy table where they've just been, you know, throwing food at each other, at the kid's table for years now. Yeah. Um, unfortunately we're, we're back at the kid's table. It seems like, but, um, I don't know. I don't know if he's too conservative. Maybe it's a first year thing, but uh, we're going to find out and we're going to have get more data and uh, we can make a better judgment call on that later on. But uh, first big decision, right? Not not taking a quarterback there at nine with two sitting staring you at the face and taking a cornerback. So starting to get yep. some data. We'll see how it works out. And, and Stafford's from Texas, but yeah. probably likes that warm weather. That Southern he wanted to go West Coast, not go back. I, I think coast. he did. I think he wanted to go West Coast. I agree. But uh, I, I don't know if, if maybe his wife's from there. I, I don't know. I, he, it did seem like that was where he was wanting to go. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we got Marcus Lewis Henna coming in here uh, saying, but you have to give Teddy more than six games when Locke had three seasons. Locke had two seasons or one and a half. Now, 18 games is enough of a sample size. Unless you have, unless you have a quarterback that has absolutely incredible uh, tools, or is also and is also extremely impressing you in areas not on the field, like in meetings or practice or whatever. Um, like coaches, when Josh Allen was struggling early on, even though he's the best red zone quarterback in football, people were raving 
about his work ethic, intelligence, what he was doing in practice, what he was doing in the film room, et cetera, yep. et cetera. And we're not, if that was the case with other quarterbacks on this Broncos roster, believe me, we'd be hearing about it. We wouldn't even have Teddy here right now if that's the case. Yep. Um, but that just doesn't seem to be what's going on. So, right. I think those quarterbacks that find success after those 18 games, uh, a lot of them, you, you can look at different things of why, like you said, there, there's certain stats that were actually showing up well, that then the rest of their game kind of caught up with it or in college, like Ryan Tannehill is a great example of a guy. He started out as a wide receiver. It wasn't until that really that last year of college where all of a sudden they just threw him at, at quarterback. And then he got paired with Adam Gase of all guys. And, and that's the, that's the complete career killer guy. And, and so it, it took him a little bit of time, but also then getting with the right staff to, to actually go do something, you yeah, know, Drew Locke had real, real quick sidebar, Adam Gase and Mike McCoy. What are those guys doing these days? Who knows uh, if there's never been a better example of your, your coaches are only as good as their quarterback. Hello, Peyton Manning got those guys millions of dollars. They should send him a stipend once, once a month because mm -hmm. literally, okay, go on. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Um, but all right, we got base case coming in here at the 499 super chat again. Thank you so much. Base case. Uh, tell me in what year do you have five elite quarterback prospects and three to four elite Rogers, Russ, uh, and Watson quarterbacks open for a trade in one off season. Um, I'm not sure about five elite quarterback prospects coming up in this next draft. Not sure. I'd call them elite. I'd say they've got potential. Uh, but the three to four guys, yeah. Rogers, Russ and, and Watson, you know, there's going to be some nice bidding wars that are going on for those guys. And obviously you hope Watson stuff is cleared up and whatever way it goes. I mean, I, I hope justice is served in that whole situation, but Rogers and Russ, especially, uh, man, that would be nice to see on the Broncos. And can you imagine the AFC West with Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr? I mean, th that might be the best quarterback division in NFL history. I have, would not argue. Yeah, that would be must see football. Um, it'd be nice. Oh. Maybe I'll go this weekend. Uh, my wife is flying back to uh, hometown for a wedding, and uh, I might boot up Madden and just trade Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos just to have fun and feel alive again. Uh, and, but thank you so much, based. Yeah, and, and my apologies. I think he was talking about this last yeah. offseason. You're right yeah. to to not go after a quarterback, and it was just really bad timing. I think in some ways, of uh, brand new GM mm -hmm. coach that you're not sure if he's going to last past this year. I think there was a lot of things working against the Broncos really wanting to take that kind of risk. And that, that's unfortunate. It, it really is because sometimes, like you said, at some point you got to take the risk mm -hmm. and, and yep. you know, Hey, there are times it doesn't work out. Broncos trading up for Paxton Lynch. It doesn't work out sometimes. Was that even a risk though? Moving up to 26 from 32. Okay. Like, but I'm you just... know, I, I agree. But like I said, you look at the best teams, They've taken a risk. Patrick Mahomes, yeah. they traded up to, to number 10 to go get that guy. Mm -hmm. um, that That's taken a risk because th there was no promise that he was going to work out, but obviously that's paid off. Josh Allen, the Bills traded up to go get that guy. Yeah. So, you know, at some point, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see when the Broncos take that chance, but I'm not sure that this this offseason is the one that I would do it. Yeah, I know. Uh, if, this, if this season continues on the way it is right now and uh, – I float Kirk Cousins' name out there again. I, I better see some people just being like, okay, fine, fine. Uh, maybe somebody earlier was talking about Clint Kubiak coming in for the Broncos. Um, would you take a Clint and Kirk Cousins on this team? Heck yeah. I mean, Kirk may be the, a weird 
you know, cornball going on uh, with <laughs> everything. Gosh, sometimes he's cringe, uh, but he's, he's a good quarterback. I think he would, he's something like he was the third youngest quarterback or third fastest to 500 touchdown. I don't know. It was some crazy stat. It was like Dan Marino, Peyton Manning and Kirk cousins. Um, so not that Kirk is elite, but Derek Carr is not elite. If you put a good team around Derek Carr, you would be a Super Bowl contender. I've, I really believe that. Yep. Now, he's not one that's going to carry your team. Like, is Derek Carr going to lead this team through a gauntlet of whoever wins the AFC West or whoever else is in the AFC West? Uh, Baltimore team, um, Buffalo, et cetera, et cetera. And then the NFC? I don't know. But I I would take that quarterback. I, beggars can't be choosers at this point. It's been so bad in Denver. Please <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> uh, well, um, Carl, one last thing here before we get out of here, because it is Tuesday night and we won't see you again um, before this Broncos game. And it's coming up. So the Browns, I'm not going to put you on the spot and asking anything, but what is something that you want to see that this Broncos team needs to do better that will give them a chance to win this game and maybe right the ship in hell? They'd be f- above 500 if they get this win. And who, who knows what happens from there? One game, right? It could be four and three. Yep. I, I think the big thing I want to see in this one is Fangio's defenses are supposed to be prided on not giving up the big play. Yeah. I think they've given up a 30 plus yard play or touchdown. I think it's a 30 plus yard touchdown in four of the six games this season and 25 plus yard touchdown in five of the six games this season. So the, the one thing that this whole defense is supposed to be all about of not giving up the big play, that's what they've been doing all off season. So this is that game where I, I think you just have to see that communication improve on the back end because that's where you're seeing a lot of the problems rise up of guys just not being in the right spot in the right position. Um, they they got to clean that up. And if they can do that, if they can not give up the big play and make Baker Mayfield and, and that offense, and especially with that banged up offensive line, actually have to drive the field. I, I think the Broncos stand a decent chance of keeping this one really close and, and maybe just pulling out a, a weird victory here on this Thursday. <sighs> Nothing would be make me happier than to see a Von Miller, like five sack explosion game, right? Like that would be, incredible that's just yep. von miller talking big game last time that happened bronco like i said went into arizona and smacked the cardinals i don't know if that's going to be the case this week because this is a talented browns team short week everything else but miller yeah he comes out and has a big game i will be a happy guy because um i took my fan hat off uh, as much as i could <laughs> when they play bad sometimes i still get emotional yeah um, but i took my <laughs> fan hat off and uh for anybody but uh von miller was on this team prior to working for mile high huddle so uh, he'll always have a special place in my heart because it's kind of the fledgling years. You know, I was definitely fanatic at that yep. point. Um, so I'd love to see Von Miller have a big game, back that talk up. And whoever the Browns backup right tackle is, I don't even know, or maybe their third string tackle because whoever one will be playing at the left tackle too. Love to see Von get after it and hit Baker Mayfield. I don't want Baker Mayfield to get more injured, but like I would like to see some shots of him like grimacing with Von Miller on top of him on the turf. That, that <laughs> yeah. would be that would be nice. I could use some of those gifts. Yep. And uh, of course we got to uh, run the ball coming in from Travis Tarbox. Yep. That, that would be nice to see. Use these two running backs. Uh, one of them that you're paying big, the other one that you traded up in the second round to go get. And both of them have been playing pretty good. Give them the ball. Let them go win this game for you. Absolutely. What's Philip Lindsay been doing so far this year? Under two yards of carry. Ooh. Okay, man. That sucks. Cause I'm pulling for Philip, but uh, maybe Broncos knew what they were doing there. Yeah. Um, so, okay, guys. Well, we've been an hour. We love y'all. We should get going. Make sure you guys are following Carl and myself on Twitter. Carl at Carl Dumbler MHH. 
and myself and at Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you guys are following Scott, working the background here, rocking his Braves hat. I see you, Scott. Uh, oh, no, I don't see Scott. Um, follow Scott at Scott Kennedy, too. Um, and uh, we'll, we're going to be on his channel tomorrow morning, so that'll be fun. Uh, guys, also follow us at BTB Football Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Um, for Facebook folks, go to facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. And on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share. We appreciate you. Um, everyone, thanks for coming in, being cordial in there. Obviously, it's uh, losing three games in a row, especially it's not just losing. It's how they lost in an embarrassing fashion. It stinks. Um, but, you know, we're going to keep being here. You guys can come in here and vent. This is a safe place. Just act. Just ask that you try to be somewhat respectful to each other, right? Like, that's be adults in the room. Yep. Um, and uh, we'll get through this, but we'll get through it together, right? That's what it's all about, family. Right, Vin Diesel's gonna come out. We gotta do it for the family. <laughs> um, so, uh, Carl, what's the rest of your night looking like? I'm, I got to be cooking dinner here pretty soon. Well, uh, I don't have the family home, obviously, for a yeah. little while. So, I, I've told my wife that I'm gonna be eating right, exercising, all those kind of things. So, I got to go get my workout in. I just got my pass re upped for the wellness okay. center here. So, hey. gonna gonna go get it. Go go pump some weights here. Well, there you go. That's awesome. And maybe stars coming in here from Danny. Not sure either way, Danny. How you doing? Good to see you. Nope. All right. Well, um, either way, thanks everybody for joining us today. As Dylan said, great conversation. As always, everyone, make sure you hit the like button on the way out. A little bit goes a long way. Uh, you guys are going to be great. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. hope you enjoy the rewatch. Flippant Booch. We will see you guys next Tuesday. Carl and I will. Uh, hopefully with the Broncos riding a victory and uh, on the right track and hopefully going to beat with the Washington football team after that. Homecoming yep. or a homecoming for this team on a winning streak. That'd be great. Washington football team does not look amazing. So we'll see. Um, everyone stay safe. Thank everyone for contributing. We'll see you next time. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.